What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, 17 months, three vaccines later, COVID cases once again ticking up. Half the country is still theoretically infectable easily. Masking, unmasking, contact tracing, even in the Senate. As the virus wears on, relieving workers' economic stress. Operation Hope's John Hope Bryant on corporate partnerships for financial wellness. We're asking CEOs and the government to treat this like they did health wellness 10 years ago, or health care 20 years ago, or the right to vote even 70 years ago, as a must-to-do. And Delta CEO Ed Bastian. This is life-changing for a lot of people that are running out of hope. Their opportunity to reclaim control over their financial foundation. Plus, Delta's leader on passenger vaccinations. It's required now to travel internationally to most markets around the world. Here in the U.S., I don't think it's necessary. We carry a Delta. We carry millions of people a week safely. Those stories and China squeezing video game makers and PepsiCo out of juice. You know me, lots of iced coffee in the morning. That's as good as it gets for me. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. we got some disturbing new numbers out of the CDC. The seven-day average of daily COVID cases now surpassing the peak seen last summer when the nation didn't have an authorized vaccine. The agency said the peak of nearly 73,000 was hit on Friday, although the daily numbers pulled back on Saturday and Sunday. Now, the White House saying a third of the COVID cases occurred in Florida and Texas over the last week. But the briefing wasn't all bad news. The daily death rate of 300 per day is still well below last summer's peak of more than 1,100 daily deaths. Now, Monday's CDC data showed 70 percent of U.S. adults had at least one shot of a COVID vaccine. But nonetheless, you can see uh, how this is weighing on uh, markets and potentially we'll see whether it changes uh, people's behavior. Joe. Yeah, thanks, uh, Andrew. I saw 49. Uh, I guess that must, must be both shots, but not surprising yeah, if you got less than, four, shots, less than yeah. 50% vaccinated. Yeah, the other 50% can still catch it. You know, half the country is still theoretically infectable, easy, easily. So Easily infectable. Yeah, exactly. So... We maybe shouldn't be surprised since we're almost completely open. You look at sporting event, Lollapalooza. Were you there, Andrew? Is that why you were out <laughs> yesterday? Were you? No, I, I took a day off. I had, we hadn't had a day off in a while. So but you are, going to the, the, you are going to the wedding. I mean, not the wedding, the birthday party, for sure. Right? You're taking a little puddle jumper up there to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Which birthday huh? party? He's talking oh. about... The Obama birthday party in Martha Stewart, Martha Stewart in Martha's Vineyard. Um, <laughs> At Martha Stewart, yeah. 
I um, I'm still wait. I you know I go to the mailbox every day and I I open it up it? and the, the invitation hasn't arrived yet. Might but have been an, it might. Have, and then the question is, if I got the invitation, whether I'd have to send my regrets because I don't know I don't know how I'd feel about 400 people. Yes, you'd have to send your regrets. Pretty funny uh, watching the uh, you know watching the cable universe. The the right wingers are insisting that it's fine for the president to do that. And it's just weird. So many strange bedfellows because they're saying, don't worry about it. Don't you know, you should be able to have maskless parties. And and now it's like the left is like, what's he doing? He shouldn't. So it's like, I can't. I I don't know. I need I need an explainer. I need like a a flow chart. I think now we're in. Now we're into gossip because I don't know. I'm, I, you know, I don't know the rules. But I think that they're running some what, kind of protocol, and, both with vaccine yeah. requirements and possibly even testing. And, so I right. don't know. They are. They, they are. I think. And he's got every right. He's, you know, when I hit sixty, uh, it's going to be a major uh, celebration. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be waiting for that invitation too. Yeah. And that one, I'll You've probably wait for even longer. Yeah, yeah, wait for even longer. It, it could be when that it's sixty. It might not be snail mail, Sorkin. Yeah. Have you been checking your email from uh, Barack.Obama at, uh, I don't know, something? I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to check the spam, the spam and see what happens. <laughs> All right. More governments, meanwhile, are requiring masks indoors uh, this week. Andrew, I liked your tweet about the teachers. I did, I too. Fo- I don't follow you, but I'm glad that you. I do. Uh, well, I don't follow you, but someone like retweeted it to me. But I'm glad that you're consistent with your criticism of things like that, because I thought the teachers might might get a pet. But it was not shocking to me that they're not going to. I mean, they didn't even show up the, to, well, back to classroom. Up, explain what the background is for people. Well, who Andrew, what happened? Why would you tweet that out? They, they decided they're, they're, they're not going to be mandated the, into is, a vaccine. This is the New York. The New- just to be clear, it's the New York State um, Union Teacher Union Teachers Organization. And my understanding, by the way, is that the um, the American Teachers Federation, which oversees them, may be at a different place than them. I've gotten a lot of uh, response since I sent out that tweet. <laughs> but that particular group uh, said no vaccines. I mean, not no vaccines, but no, no mandate, mandate for teachers. And to me, as you know, uh, you were given irate. that we've had lots of conversations about in your tweet. mandating vaccines in the workplace. And, and not only that, the fact that the teachers union... Uh, or a lot of teachers unions, uh, plural, uh, sought a to get the vaccines first and sought not to, you know, put teachers uh, into the classroom over the past year. It seems kind of crazy to me to think that uh, that, that now then they're saying they don't so. want va- they don't want to mandate. And you were irate. They want the option. This they is want what the I'm option. talking about. So. I need a flow chart to, to see how I'm supposed to think about it because everything's bass backwards. The people on one side, suddenly they're, mm. I mean, now you're trashing teachers unions. That I would have, you know, no, I would have said that will never happen. That will never happen. It's the inconsistency. Just to be 100% clear here, I'll get myself in more trouble. I have always had questions about the teachers unions more broadly. So I, I, I think my consistency is actually, there's, there's, there's more to it. But, um, because well, I, because you I and I and, and Becky, we've all talked about mm-hmm. charter schools and we've talked about Success yeah, Academy and what they've done to Harlem. I don't know how you feel about charter schools. And I've school. always no, no, that that is actually something you, that I've always thought. You're a charter school proponent. I didn't know that. I, I am. You I, haven't I, indicated that I am a charter school proponent. You are okay. I'll all right, be on right. record and say it. We work together so long, and I, I don't, I, I don't know you. I don't think. Or maybe I have this this version in my mind. This straw man. 
that. Uh, Thank you. Far be it from me to set up any straw men ever. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham announced he tested positive for COVID after attending a party with at least seven other senators. Uh, Senator Graham said he began having flu-like symptoms on Saturday night. He tweeted he's very glad he was vaccinated because without the vaccination, he believed his symptoms would be far worse. And we glossed over that this was a party because it was on um, it, it was on the SS mansion. Yeah, the I mansion's think. boat. Yeah. And Thune, right. Senator Thune was manning the uh, the grill, cooking the burgers and, and the, whatever they, they were serving. I don't know. Maybe it was beyond meat. Who knows? But uh, it was one of those bipartisan parties that Manchin tries to set up to bring, maybe they were talking about the bipartisan infrastructure deal. I don't know. Well, but the question comes in is if, if this is a situation where other people get it who are on the boat, all of those they, senators they tested who, negative you, so, right. far. so far they've tested negative, yeah. but they're hoping uh, Schumer is trying to push up um, the passage of this bill because the Senate, unlike the House, you're not allowed to vote in abstentia. So already they've lost Lindsey Graham. If more of those senators can't show up to vote, you have a question about whether right. the bill can actually get passed in the Senate. So I, I think they're looking to do that by Friday because there's also a situation where uh, many of them are leaving uh, for the former Republican senator who, who passed away. They're going to his funeral this, uh, the, after this week, too. So th just a lot of questions about whether this can actually get passed in that timeline that they've been looking to do it. Yeah. Once again, we're struck with it's not the vaccine. It's the immune system of the person. And, you know, Lindsay, I have no idea about his underlying health conditions, but he's, you know, he's over 70. And and uh, you cannot guarantee that when you get a vaccine that, you know, that, that it, it, what my point is, it's not necessarily the vaccine's problem. You need an immune system response that prevents you from from. Uh, contracting COVID. It's not the, it's not a therapeutic and it's not the, the vaccine does not kill uh, the virus. It gives you the ability to kill it. But it's not perfect. You have to be it's right? not perfect. And, and, and the other yeah. issue is, is the you know, the declining immunity that you might have over time. That brings us right. back to the questions for the booster right. shots, because right. my guess is Lindsey Graham and some of these other probably senators got probably got it ago. very early, um, right. early, like maybe December. So that brings up the question of whether you need a third shot at this point, too. Right. PepsiCo reportedly set to sell its Tropicana juice brand to a private equity firm. The Wall Street Journal saying the company will sell Tropicana to PIA Partners. Uh, it's receiving $3.3 billion, retaining a 39% stake in a new venture. It would be a joint venture uh, between the two companies. And the reported sale comes amid an overall market decline in fruit drink sales. Joe, I grew up drinking Tropicana orange juice, originally from Concentrate. Yeah. Remember Concentrate? And then... Yep. In the in in you know then in the uh, in the milk jugs of, of sorts of if you will I always like to have a little the little bits in it though oh you in did the orange I, juice I was a non I don't uh, I was a non pulp, pulp person but, but I don't now, drink much orange juice anymore because of no, the sugar because of the calories you, you for yeah. the sugar me for the yeah I don't I, I won't same like, same sugar calories exactly you drink a glass of orange juice so you you just assigned yourself like twenty minutes on the treadmill and, <laughs> and I don't even know if that's enough. Um, you know, you got to more importantly, the... I don't give it to my kids. Same thing. It used to be the same thing. We'd, we'd have the frozen concentrated orange juice, Andrew. We'd do that, too. Um, but I don't <laughs> right. really give it to my kids very often because it's high sugar content. You got to watch it. God, I like it. I like, I like the it jolt. You get, you get the jolt almost instantaneously. I, I guess that's probably sugar. Um, 
Do you ever do that five, that five hour energy stuff? No. Just as an aside, I saw that I saw an answer that guy's coffee. going fishing, and he's like taking. It's like wow, he's going to get like ramped up to go fishing. <laughs> do, do, do people? Uh, what is that for? Sorkin, have you ever? Ooh. Should I do that in the morning? I've never no. done that. I've coffee. I you know me, lots of iced coffee in the morning. Yeah. That, okay. that that's as good as it gets for me. Oh, right. that and the no, it's the donuts, Andrew. That that would be your equivalent. Well, the donuts. <laughs> And when I first actually, 10 years ago, when I first started going on the show, if you remember, I used to drink occasionally sugarless Red Bull because I just couldn't get my, it was oh, so early in the morning. Yeah. But that's I've, kind I've of adjusted. What we're talking about. Sugarless Red Bull. Yeah, that's sort kind of. of yeah. Let's talk China, though, because uh, the gaming stocks tanking overnight in Hong Kong. That coming after China state media branded online gaming spiritual opium and likened it to a drug. The article called for further restrictions in the industry to prevent what they're calling addiction and other negative impacts on children. But the article uh, by the state-run Economic Information Daily was deleted just a few hours after publication. Shares of Tencent, which makes the high-profile game Honor of Kings, fell by 10 percent. That before pairing some of the losses after the initial stock drop, Tencent vowed to curb miners' access uh, to that game, which was singled out in the article, it also called for an industry ban on gaming for children under 12 years old. U.S. video game stocks are also trading lower. Um, my children are all under 12 years old, and if I could ban uh, video games, I would, but I have uh, un- been unsuccessful thus far. Yeah. Take-Two Interactive is down. It was the biggest of the decliners of the, the U.S. game makers, and that's because they, they talked a little bit in the results. They beat expectations but did say that with people getting back out there, you might not see uh, gaming quite as strong as it had been during the, the height of the pandemic. Remember Prohibition, Sorkin. Don't ban things. Don't be one of those <laughs> You don't parents. want to ban God things. No, I was... Moderation? I was up late playing Subway Surfers last night with my son. So. Oh, do what I say, not what I do. So you're up playing, <laughs> but you'd like to ban the, you know, typical. I would. I would like to ban lefty. Next on Squawk Pod, financial coaching for all. How one nonprofit has helped Delta Airlines empower its own employees. Delta CEO Ed Bastian. We brought some people in from Operation Hope, worked with our team. People are starting to regain hope and confidence that they can handle whether it's addressing their credit score, taking on debt levels to to pay down, uh, ensuring that they have a future that they can plan on. That partnership plus a new initiative as the pandemic wears on. Operation Hope founder and chairman John Hope Bryant. We're going to commit a half million dollars as a nonprofit to help with a helping hand fund for those facing eviction. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx. 
This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. The COVID-19 pandemic laid bare an economic disparity in this country. Many Americans lived on the edge of security without enough money to meet basic needs or build savings. New research from the Urban Institute shows that pandemic-era government programs, stimulus checks, enhanced unemployment insurance, additional food benefit payments, and child tax credits have had a stunning impact on the pocketbooks of the poorest Americans. Poverty levels in the U.S. will be around 7.7% through the end of this year, down from nearly 14% in 2018. That is a remarkable change. Nearly 20 million fewer Americans living in poverty right now. But this safety net has holes. This additional emergency financial support is not expected to continue. Some major employers have taken matters of financial education and foundation to heart inside their organizations. Delta Airlines, which employs more than 70,000 people, partnered with nonprofit Operation Hope to teach financial literacy and offer one-on-one coaching and credit and money management to Delta's people. The airline ran a pilot, huh? program with Operation Hope Services in 2020, the pandemic year, participants in that program saw an average credit score improvement of 30 points and debt reduction of more than $1,500. Delta expanded the program earlier this year. We talked about all of that today on our TV broadcast with Operation Hope's founder and CEO, John Hope Bryant, a regular guest on Squawk Box and on this podcast and with Delta CEO Ed Bastian, who says his employees' financial health is as important as their physical health. Bastian also weighed in on other issues facing consumers and travelers today, some 17 months after the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Good morning to both of you. Uh, I know you've been working hard the past couple months on this financial literacy program amidst this Uh, pandemic. And John, given that this was your brainchild, I will go to you first to try to understand how you're thinking about it. Well, it really was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s brainchild. uh, In the the last time we had a big seismic shift in society, I call the second reconstruction during the civil rights movement, Uh, he focused on poverty, unfortunately, for all people. Unfortunately, he was assassinated before he got a chance to really do anything about it. And we're at this inflection point now, where the color really, Andrew, is green. It's not black or white or red or blue. It's green, and we need to all come together uh, for this, this moment where we need a rainbow after the storm. We're asking CEOs and the government to treat this like they did health wellness 10 years ago or health care 20 years ago or the right to vote even 70 years ago as a must to do. Uh, embed this into your business plan. Start at the CEO level, financial literacy for all, embed this into your business plan, agree to do it for 10 years, as Ed Bastian has agreed to do, resource it appropriately, make it part of your culture. We're not being prescriptive. Uh, And we found incredible relevance and resonance with this. I called, uh, well, I I bugged you. I bugged Tony Ressler. Actually, Tony Ressler sort of bugged me on this topic. Uh, And not to have a a billionaire obsessed with the struggles of the poor and the underserved. And I called uh, Doug McMillan at Christmas and CEO of Walmart. And he was like, John, yes, absolutely. Let's, we have a million and a half employees that need this. And he called the CEO of uh, Disney, uh, Bob Chapek. He, he said, John, you've got my creative team, what, whatever you need from us. And they've given us a Disney Institute. I called Ed Bastian. He, he, he was like, you had me at hello. Um, and now we're financial coaching his 80,000 employees and while he's providing an opportunity in good times for them to share in the prosperity 
uh, we're also putting a safety net underneath him in tough times, uh, as in right now. NFL Commissioner Andrew, NBA Commissioner, um, uh, Roz Brewer, CEO of Walgreens, uh, B of A CEO, I mean, the list, uh, thank God, now has has grown significantly. Uh, uh, Dan Schulman at PayPal just joined, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ed, in terms of putting this into practice, what does this actually mean? Well, Andrew, we know at Delta, and you know at Delta, that taking care of our people is job one. It's always job one, and it's never been more important than over the course of these last 18 months in addressing the pandemic. But we also know the challenges of the pandemic have been far greater in our company and in our communities than simply the physical health, which we're continuing to battle and protect each other from. Uh, The emotional, mental well-being of our people have been challenged, and we're adding resources and support there but also their financial health and well-being, which is a insecurity that many people had, not just in our company, but broad communities, well before the start of the pandemic. But the pandemic has accelerated and amplified the impact, the nervousness about losing jobs, losing pay, losing opportunities with a lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, So we've worked together, John and I, for a number of years at Delta, and we've done some good things. But early in the pandemic, I called John I said, John, our people are struggling. There's a lot of uncertainty. We need help. And we brought some people in from Operation Hope, worked with our team, uh, counseled people, and uh, people are starting to regain hope and confidence that they can handle, whether it's addressing their credit score, taking on debt levels to to pay down, uh, ensuring that they have a future that they can plan on better with a coach who's non-judgmental and uh, skilled in helping through this. Hey, John, it's it's fabulous that so many companies are stepping up to do this. But one of the things I I think about a lot is whether this is a failure of the education system in America so that by the time you're getting a job, you're trying to you have people who are not financially literate yet. And isn't this something that should be taught in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade in high school? Yeah, the fact that one of our co-founders, Sal Khan, and, and by the way, Doug McMillan and I are co-chairing this uh, Walmart. The fact that Sal Khan of Khan Academy has got tens of millions of dollars, tens of million viewers on videos in the education system uh, that's outside the system suggests that he's helping us to make this issue uh, uh, sort of approachable, suggests that there is a, a, a blind spot in the education system. As you know, Andrew, uh, I got a financial literacy course when I was nine years old. It changed my life. Banker came in my classroom and taught financial literacy because it wasn't offered uh, in the school. And I asked this banker, what do you do for a living? And how would you get rich legally? <laughs> and I was dead serious. No one ever taught me about financial literacy or money. He said, I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. I said, I don't know what an entrepreneur is, but if it's legal and you're financing it, I'm going to be one. It changed my life and it's who I am today. That program's gone away. Home economics doesn't exist anymore. So how are people supposed to learn how to manage their, their finances, raise a household, uh, they got, people have got too much month at the end of their money. And that's all people. 70% of this country is consumer spending of GDP. And 70% of all Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck, irrespective of race. So I think this should be K through college required. That's one of our goals of financial literacy for all is to try to get uh, Congress and the Senate and our president to take this up and make it part of our system as a software upgrade for education. This is essential. Ed. Ed, for the, the other leaders out there that are thinking about trying to do something similar, what does it actually cost you annually to do something like this? It's, it's not a cost issue, Andrew. It's, it's nominal. Uh, you know, this is an investment in our people. Uh, we uh, are announcing this month that we're bringing in 10 full-time counselors from Operation Hope. 
Uh, they're going to be living with our people, sitting within the, the operations, continuing to bring uh, changes to their life. Uh, so this is not a dollars and cents issue. This is actually caring about your people. But, so, t- but I, just, just, just to put numbers on it, because there are gonna, there are going to be business leaders who are going to say to themselves, "This cost me a million dollars a year. This cost me ten million dollars a year. This cost me five hundred thousand dollars a year." Can can you put any kind of number on it so that people understand what it takes in terms of the work, and also in terms of how many people those ten people ultimately serve, if you will? Well, for uh, we've been partners with Operation Hope for some time, so we make investments with Operation Hope as part of our philanthropic responsibilities here in the community. Uh, the 10 people are a fraction, a, a portion of that. I'm not going to give you a specific number, but as I said, it's a relatively modest amount of money when you think about the good it can do. This is life-changing for, for a lot of people that are running out of hope, their opportunity to reclaim control over their financial right. foundation. It's, uh, there's, there's no price tag you can put on this, Andrew. Well, Andrew, the financial coach, from my perspective, it costs me as a nonprofit uh, you know, about 100000 a little under $100,000 a year for a full-time uh, investment of a coach in, in a typical environment, whether that's in a bank branch, whether it's in an employer, whether it's in the community. And we get the support from that from a range of different sources. When the employer it can do it all, they do it all, they can't, we augment it right. with funds from other places. John, while we have you here, uh, I know that you've been working on another project related in some ways today. Yeah, as you know, uh, you guys have been reporting on the eviction moratorium that just got lifted. uh, And there's a bunch of money, billions of dollars, that people who are facing eviction can access. They don't know they can access it. They don't even, they don't, this is another example of financial literacy for all, or the need for it. People don't know what they don't know. It's what they don't know they don't know that's killing them. And they don't know that these resources are all in these these bills. They don't know how to unpack it. They don't have a private banker. So uh, I, I decided to do something about it. Today, I just came and decided this last night, with, along with the board and Operation Hope, for which Ed's a member, uh, we're going to commit a half million dollars as a nonprofit to help with a helping hand fund for those facing eviction, uh, for those who are dealing with an avoidable, an unavoidable eviction. We're going to give them between $500 and $2,500 as a grant. As long as they go, they sign up, download that Hope and Hand app, deal with one of our coaches. The coaching's free. We're going to get your budget together, your life together, the stress wrung out of your life, and then we're going to insert a little bit of cash to deal with uh, an, you know, a landlord that may not have the patience or the ability to wait uh, right. to allow you to get a bridge over troubled water. That, and that, that, that's commitment as of today, right now. John, congratulations on that. And, and Ed, congratulations as well. Uh, before we let you both go, Ed, I, I do need to ask, uh, given that we've been talking about COVID all morning and the new Delta variant, uh, about the idea of vaccine mandates, not just for employees, and I know we've had that conversation before, but potentially customers. Would you consider that given, I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of mission-driven stuff, but when it comes to society, would, would, would you ever consider requiring it? Well, it's required now to travel internationally to most, most markets around the world, Andrew. You need to be vaccinated to get into an international border. And I expect as uh, those, those uh, borders continue to open, you're going to see more and more of those requirements. Here in the U.S., I don't think it's necessary. We're, we carry a Delta. We carry millions of people a week safely. Mm. Uh, people are vaccinated. Uh, the vast majority of our customers are vaccinated. They're in a clean environment. Uh, they're fully masked. Uh, our people, we're over 73% of our staff, are fully vaccinated. That number is growing by the day. Uh, so I don't think putting that requirement in domestic travel is going to change much. 
Uh, we're full, by the way. Uh, I know the, everyone's worried about looking over their shoulder mm. as to what the variant's going to do here. This past weekend, system-wide, we were over 90% full uh, in terms of our plane. Wow. So people are traveling. People are learning how to manage and live right. with this, which is, I think, now, what's, and, what we're and all having the reason to, I ask to, to figure is, out. Is less about, the reason I ask is less about the business impact and actually more about the impact on society, especially if, if so many of your passengers are already vaccinated. There's a real question about what's going to be the nudge, what's going to be the forcing mechanism effectively to get more of the country vaccinated. And if more people felt that they needed to get vaccinated to to do certain things, to get on an airplane, to go into a stadium, to do things like that, that the private sector can do in a way that potentially right now the public sector can't or is unwilling to, that you'd actually be able to, to, to save lives and create significant change. Well, I think the uh, the level, the magnitude of what we, who we carry uh, domestically as a, as, a, as a company, millions of people a week, as an industry of 10 million people a week, it's very difficult for us to come in and mandate a vaccine that isn't even uh, federally uh, approved yet. The authorization hasn't been final yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stay tuned. I think we're continuing to encourage as much as we can amongst our own people and our customers to get vaccinated. The numbers are picking up. We've seen a, a pretty nice spike here in the last few days as the variant has started to get attention. And uh, we'll do our best to encourage people to stay safe. Okay. Uh, Ed and John, thank you. And congratulations uh, on the financial literacy program. Appreciate it. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. That's Squawk Pod for today. Be sure to check us out tomorrow on our rundown, Gary Gensler, the SEC chair on retail investors, cryptocurrencies, Chinese companies looking to list on U.S. exchanges, and a lot more. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin couple of suggestions for you. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Listen and follow Squawk Pod, where podcasts are available. And let us know what you think. You can do that right on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating or write a review. Thank you. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.